Welcome to Building the Bridge, connecting parents and educators around online learning. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Oliver, Chief Learning Officer for Edison Learning. Each week, this podcast will present targeted, practical strategies for both teachers and parents to ensure we are all on the same page and successfully navigating the digital education world together. Thanks for joining me on this journey. And now, please enjoy today's episode. Our guest today is Dr. Randy Ziegenfuss, Superintendent of the Salisbury Township School District in Pennsylvania. In 2014, the Pennsylvania School Librarians Association recognized Randy as the outstanding district administrator for the state of Pennsylvania. In 2015, Randy was recognized by the Pennsylvania Association of Educational Communications and Technology as the outstanding leader of the year. Along with his colleague, Lynn Funihetten, Randy hosts two podcasts, TL Talk Radio, which covers diverse topics in teaching and learning, and Shift Your Paradigm, with discussions focused on learner-centered learning and learner-centered leadership. Randy, thank you so much for taking some time to share your expertise on building the bridge. My pleasure. Good to reconnect with you, Wendy. So tell us, what has learning looked like in your district this year, and and really even dating back to March? That's a very uh, important question and very timely, especially in this new world that we're living in. So in March, as well with most other districts around the country, we were forced into fully remote learning uh, with all of our students uh, having to, and families, having to sort of set up school at home, and uh, our teachers as well setting up school at home. We fortunately were a bit ahead of the game compared to many other schools because we have been a one-to-one school district. I believe this is now our ninth year. So last year was probably our eighth year. So our teachers and our students were really familiar with the technology. Everyone had their own digital device. We had certain software packages, certain content management systems we were using. So making that transition to the home in terms of the technology was really not much of a problem. And and many of our students, the vast majority of our students already have really good internet access at home too. So we only had a very small number of students to support in terms of making sure they had access to learning while they were at home. It was definitely a shift for our teachers. So getting used to that What's my home setup? How do I make sure we can have moments of direct instruction? How do I support kids? We weren't really Zoom users until until March, but we uh, became very expert at that. And then the year ended, the course of the summer played out. And of course, like every other district, we were wondering how things were going to be uh, when we came back to school in the fall. And uh, we tinkered around with ideas and we're driven mostly by the data in our area, area, as well as the advice of our health partners. And we ended up staying totally remote, but we really ramped up the expectations. Each grade level has a schedule. So here in Pennsylvania, to continue to count days towards the school year, there are a certain number of hours of instruction that has to happen during a school day. So we needed to make sure that our schedules contained the minimum requirement And so there's a blend of face-to-face instruction and like direct instruction where teacher gets on Zoom, students get on Zoom, they have direct instruction. And then there's the asynchronous where students are working independently. What does some of that look like? Our teachers are spending a lot of time focusing on the learner, who they are, what sort of challenges are they experiencing? Because you know what, we can't really teach our content. Our content's kind of meaningless unless our 
learners are mentally prepared. And so our teachers have really had to, because of the conditions of the time, spend much more focused time and in a different way, this, this online environment in making sure they're getting to know their students. What are the environments and the backgrounds that they're bringing to their learning? And then how do we focus in on the content and start to move things forward in that manner? So much more focus on social emotional learning and much more focus on the individual learner and making sure that they're good and feeling good and ready to learn in this new learning environment. So certainly challenges for both families, students, as well as teachers. Considering the situation, we feel like we're navigating it pretty well. Feedback from parents and learners has been pretty good so far. You mentioned the social and emotional learning of students and how the teachers are focused on making sure that they're providing and mentoring students and and taking care of those social emotional needs. What does the morale look like with your teachers? Because you all have been remote for a long time. How are your teachers feeling? I think it's been somewhat of a roller coaster, depending on the context of the outside world. And I think starting the school year, when we were looking at hybrid, I think there was a bit of anxiety there because we were hearing from some of the other school districts that had started earlier than us, some of the challenges with the hybrid learning model. So that idea that I'm, it's sort of like texting and driving at the same time. Like I'm supposed to engage learners who are on computers in front of me and engage learners who are also um, sitting in front of me face to face in, you know, while I'm wearing a mask and while we're all socially distancing and things like that. So I think there was a lot of stress around that. But then once we decided that we were going to put that on hold, and we were going to stay fully remote, I think our teachers became much more relaxed and felt a little bit more prepared having gone through the spring, reflected on, learned upon. And we also have a great technology department, a great curriculum department that really spent the first, I think, five or six teacher days without students really making sure our teachers felt comfortable with the remote learning, making sure that they were comfortable with the technology, with the different ways of engaging learners. Our curriculum department presented a number of workshops on ways of engaging learners most effectively online. And I think that that lasted for quite some time. And then as we've gone through the fall, there's a bit more anxiety as the level of community spread increases. And I think we're seeing this all over the country. The virus is probably at a higher point than it's ever been, even back in in the spring. And I think that's creating a lot of anxiety. And as a result of that, um, we've actually allowed teachers now the option of working from home. Uh, initially, the school year we started, we wanted all of our teachers in the classroom. And, and they really liked that because all their materials are there, the setups there, things like that. But I think as time has gone on, they've become much more anxious about sort of coming out of the cocoon, so to speak. We've given them the option to work at home, basically. And that's working out well. I think we have a very professional staff and always with the interests of the students top at mind. Considering all the circumstances, I don't think I could ask for a better staff and better morale at this point. You're listening to Building the Bridge presented by Edison Learning. Stay tuned for more online learning tips and strategies. So you made some really interesting comments during that explanation. The one thing that I'm taking away from what you said is you treat your staff like professionals. And I've read so much and heard so much 
that teachers don't feel like they're being treated as professionals during this time. They don't feel like they're being respected from the community, from their employers. But the one thing that I heard you say that I think is really interesting, um, and I think I just put two and two together, is your teachers have been remote this entire time. And that has reduced a lot of anxiety. So I commend that you all were able to make a decision that was not only in the best interest of students, but also in the best interest of teachers so that they would be treated professionally and be able to perform their duties to create a learning environment that's effective for all students. And I think that sounds like it's made a significant difference in your morale, especially at this point where we're still marching along in this pandemic and teachers are quite frankly exhausted that are trying to do everything. Yeah, and Wendy, I would, I would say one of my biggest takeaways is from this conversation this fall, because every month when we have our school board meetings, we're constantly revisiting our plan and asking the question of when can we get these kids back? What is the data out there that says it's okay for us to start to move kids back into our buildings? One of my big takeaways from the conversation is, is that we oftentimes focus only on the students in that conversation. And I keep having to remind our board and our families and our people that are listening in on our board meetings that, you know, this is, there are adults that are involved in this too. And their safety is equally as important as the health and safety of our children. And whatever decisions we make, we make for our community. And that includes the adults and the teachers as well. And I think as leaders, when we make those statements, that builds trust, it builds support, it builds a culture, which helps us move forward in these really unusual times. And in these times, we have to move forward quickly. We oftentimes have to pivot at a moment's notice. And when you have that trust and people know that you have their best interests at heart, they will move quickly with you. Yeah, it's a leadership 101, right? <laughs> yes. Absolutely build their trust. So what are some other challenges that you face during this difficult period with respect to teaching and learning or to any other factors that come with running a school district? I think from the superintendent's perspective, the thing that has changed most about my role over the course of the year is that it is really challenging to stay focused on the work that is your vision and your mission. In our school district, for about five years now, we've had a profile of a graduate. We've been doing a lot of professional development with teachers and parents around new ways of learning that are more engaging, that are more learner-centered, that are more socially embedded, which is not exactly one of the phrases of the month. And I think the biggest challenge that we have faced is that unfortunately, and maybe we haven't addressed it as well as we would have liked to, that that gets placed on the back burner because of the operational challenges. It's been an exhausting year. And what's made it exhausting is every day there is something that comes up, some unsolved or unsolvable challenge that we as administrators need to deal with. And what's really hard is there's I've heard this before, there's no playbook for this. These are not challenges or problems that have necessarily been solved before. So all of your energy ends up going into these operational challenges just to keep the organization afloat. And that work that we were doing around teaching and learning, while we still make attempts to circle back to that and keep it in the conversation, it's really hard to because people are focused on the operational challenges. Like when we were focused on hybrid over the summer, when 
and that was a big part of the direction that we were going. How are we going to get kids in the cafeteria? How do we have to reshift schedules? How are we going to do with transportation? What kinds of materials do we need to sanitize things? Do we need to rearrange custodial maintenance schedules? All those operational details that clutter your brain and force out that work that you were doing on the larger vision or mission. And you have to address those operational challenges, otherwise you're going to be paralyzed. So I think that has been one of my biggest frustrations and, and a big learning too, because you certainly learn from dealing with those frustrations, but it's been exhausting and very challenging to try and balance out those operational things of just keeping the place going along with moving forward on the transformation and the change that you want to see happen in teaching and learning. Well, and in reality, in a traditional situation, those details disappear into the background. And it's not something that you are normally expending energy trying to determine how you're going to pull those things off, quite frankly. Before we close, many of our listeners would be interested in your podcast, TL Talk Radio and Shift Your Paradigm. Can you give us a preview of what you have coming up? Sure. So I just posted a podcast episode this morning, which I think would be really interesting to your listeners. It is three college students who had a grant and they wrote a book. And this book is so timely. I think your listeners are going to love this. It's called Mind Matters, Navigating Mental Health Concerns with COVID-19. These three young people, college students, were really curious about what is the mental health impact upon high school kids, college kids, and teachers too, around um, mental health issues and the pandemic. So they wrote this book, they interviewed folks, they created a bunch of different protocols, questions, ways that you can engage students around helping them delve into their mental health. Also coming up, we have an interview with an author on a book called Parenting Bright Kids Who Struggle in School. So looking at students that might have ADHD or some other sort of challenges, but might be really gifted in many areas underneath. And then the last one that I'll share that was a really fascinating conversation was with the National Senior Director from the American Lung Association on the epidemic of vaping in schools. So uh, a number of really timely episodes there. So those are coming up soon. So if your listeners are interested in any of those topics or pretty much anything around education and leadership, you might actually really enjoy the episodes of that podcast. All those sound wonderful. And I would imagine the American Lung Association, especially with COVID, that would be a pretty fascinating conversation to have. So I will be looking for those myself. Yeah, we wove that into there too. Yeah, really good stuff. Well, Randy, thank you so much for sharing your valuable insights with our listeners today. Listeners can visit workingattheedge.org to learn about Randy's podcast, find his blog, see information on his conference presentations, and more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Building the Bridge. I hope today's insights and strategies will prove valuable as you support great online learning this week. Be sure to visit edisonlearning.com for many more resources to support high quality 21st century learning, including a comprehensive suite of more than 150 online courses for grades six through 12 and much, much more. Join me again next week for more tips to connect parents and educators around best practices for online learning.